Hi, everybody. I'm David Bell, and this is The Courier Podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Gila Valley Comic Con. Gila Valley Comic Con is March 27th and 28th on the campus of Eastern Arizona College in Thatcher, Arizona. Go to GilaValleyComicCon.com. Today, my guest is Brant Woods, the creator of In Their Nature and the collection Nature Walk. Uh, wonderful, wonderful book of, of comics. Um, I I don't want to say single panel, but they're they're one and done comics. So I, when yeah. people think comics, this isn't a comic book. These are uh, more along the lines of what you would have seen in a in a newspaper uh, today, or or back when comics in the newspapers were far more popular. I wish they yeah. were still. Yeah. Brant Woods, Brant, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Now, Brant is one of our guests at uh, Gila Valley Comic Con this year, and I am looking forward to to everybody getting a chance to see your book because it it legitimately is all ages. Yes. And and we've actually done this once before. So just so everybody knows, we had to stop taping uh, because my computer decided to. Uh, I I believe it was possessed. Yeah. I'm going to go with with there was a possession. <laughs> We, we, we brought in the, uh, the Exorcist, and now everything's okay. So we started to talk about um, how you got started in art. Yeah. So, so you had said previously uh, that you went to EA here. You, mm-hmm. you were a, a Gila Valley native, but you weren't here when you created the book. Um, and you studied psychology. Yes. So what got you from psychology to art? Well, I spent all of my free time in college in the art studio. I was taking side classes. I enjoyed teacher there uh, quite a bit um, and I just realized that's why I was spending all of my time and then I went to go work in the psychology field I worked at the, the domestic violence hotline for a short while and over in the valley um, for all of Maricopa and I found myself just thinking about either jokes or stories I wanted to tell or anything just I wanted to be creative so badly and I realized that's all I was thinking about and an opportunity came where I could do um, a vinyl business from home, and so I did that and split my time between that and uh, doing art and haven't stopped since. I, you said something, and it, it flashed me back 30 years. You were working a domestic violence line and, and sitting there thinking of jokes, and I, I know what people are thinking right now. Oh, my yeah. gosh, how could you do that? It's domestic violence. How could you absolutely be thinking about humor at that time? Mm-hmm. But anybody who's worked a phone knows your mind just wanders mm-hmm. it, it goes it has nothing to do with what you're trying to help people with it's just the repetitiveness um, makes you think of something else plus you have to divorce yourself from what you're dealing with as well 100 you'll take it home yeah, yeah. Uh, so that psychology background had to have helped in that instance because i know people that have that have said that's enough you know mm-hmm. can't do it anymore um, in journalism we all have that one thing um, that gets us. Yes. And, and it's like, okay, can't do it anymore. Yeah. Uh, so I assume it's the same for you. Well, and I, I use the same trick now when I need to come up with an idea from what I'm doing, or if I need to, you know, have, you know, any kind of breakthrough, I'll go do something boring. It's, and not to say that domestic violence was boring, but, but just, the phones are boring. Yeah. The phones are super boring and all the paperwork is extremely boring. I hate paperwork so much. So I'll go do the dishes. I don't like the dishes, but I will do them. Or I'll go do some other housework that's, you know, you don't have to use your mind, per se, because you've done it how many thousands of times. And it's funny how 
the you know you'll start having ideas because you're so bored your brain will start playing with ideas and then you'll have that break that breakthrough that you want you know so it's that's just how it happens and um so yeah that, that was what was going on you, that, you nailed it uh i i wrote a play while telemarketing once <laughs> i i'm not kidding it's, I, we re, I really did so that's awesome uh yeah because you can't you can't just focus on that because it's so repetitive, it's such the same thing over and over again. You have to, your mind has to, or you will break. Yeah, so true. Uh, uh, so, uh, Nature Walk, uh, for those, it's anthrop. I can never pronounce this. Anthropomorphic. Thank you. Yes. Uh, so, animals that act like humans. Uh, the humor transcends age. I mean, it's, it's wonderful. The, I've not seen an adult look at these and not chuckle. Yes, and I found it to be worked really well with adults and then they show their kids and the kids are just love it yeah and and that's a tough blend i mean there haven't been very many strips that have been able to do that calvin and Hobbes could do that like all-time favorites for Um, sure so so was that a goal or was that a happy accident it was a well i don't i i can't say i mean that's what i want to have happen but was it the goal initially the the initial goal was i spent Two, three years trying to make children's books. That was like where I started when I, when I left Domestic Violence Hotline. I started doing children's books because I had kind of ideas for those. And I made, illustrated, written, wrote and illustrated two of them and illustrated a third one for someone else. Um, but then at, when I finished the third one, I was okay. I was happy with it, but I wasn't thrilled with it. And I wanted to start getting better drawing. And so I thought, okay, well, what can I draw every single day that I'm into? And so for me, I thought, okay, well, let me do a comic strip. I had just watched a uh, documentary about comic strips, and I had, while watching it, it had taken me back because I realized I read them every Sunday. That was the only comics I had, like, access to as a kid, right? In, In Thatcher, there was no comic store. So for me, the Sunday comics were it. So I, I was like, okay, let me... Let me take my hand at that. Let me try that. And I made In Their Nature. After I did like a month of them, didn't show anybody. And then I started to release them. And they started to get some real traction after about two or three months. I was like, okay. And I just kept making them and kept making them. And then two years later, we have a book, you know, of them. And I, I was like, okay, let's print it. How, how have sales been so far? Because um, you haven't done a ton of marketing. I haven't it. done really any marketing. And, yeah. and there's a reason why is I, I did... I did in their nature that the uh, the book. Um, what's it must have been 2018 in the spring, and then I spent six months formatting it, perfecting it, and then sending it to the uh, to the printers over in China. Then they sent it back on a boat, and then I shipped them out. So it took about six months, even though the book was done when I kickstarted it, or really close to it. Um, so then after shipping it out, I took a month off to just draw because I've been doing all the paperwork and all the shipping and it gets really tedious after a while. It's not the creative fun part you got into it for. I took some time off uh, to just make comics. And then after that holiday season, so like January, 2019, which is so funny because it's, it's exactly a year from now. My wife and I were driving up to Flagstaff and we were trying to decide what we wanted to do. We didn't know what the next step was. And she'd always wanted to do, travel nursing and i'm like hey I, my stuff can go on the road i just everything that you see that me do is from the ipad 100 percent. 
and with a little bit of Photoshop at the end to format it. And so I said, I, I can take my stuff on the road. Let's go. Let's do it. We have got two little kids that were under the age of three. Let's go. Let's just do some travel nursing because she'd always wanted to. So 2000, So I left all the books, all these awesome books were at my parents for a year and I couldn't touch them because we were on the road. And I was like, let's do a year or two. And uh, October this year, 2019, she decided she was done. She's like, you know what? That was fun, but I'm ready to like settle down, get our oldest in the preschool. And now we're back in Thatcher because it's, you know, it's a really good situation for us at the moment. She's found a job. So um, now I have access to them. Now I have the books. So now it's time to start selling them. Uh, so, yeah. So fortuitous. So we're starting. Yeah. We're so starting. this is, no, it's, it's actually, besides my Kickstarters, not only will Gila Valley be the first place I sell these, right? So they're premiering there as well, besides for the Kickstarters. My other comic that I've brought a print for right here is Chrome Stachia, which is a new comic that I'm going to premiere at Gila Valley as well. It's going to be more of a joke base, just like in their nature, but with a story tied through the whole thing. So each page is a joke, but it's got a story. And that's the new comic I've been working on. Okay, so so much more uh, in the traditional newspaper strip format. There's a joke today, but there's the story continues. Yes. So yeah, it's kind of like Calvin and Hobbes meets Batman. That's like the best way to put it. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, my first thought was, I don't know if you know the strips, uh, PVP. I, yeah, I have seen PVP, yeah. Okay, so that was my first thought was, yes. it sounds like you're... you're the way they have the story? That, yes, that arc. Mm-hmm. Uh, or um, uh, Liberty Meadows. Don't know that one. Uh, Write that down for me. I'll look yes, it up later. Yeah, absolutely. It unfortunately he hasn't completed it, and it's driving everyone crazy because <laughs> yes. he left it on a cliff. If you start a story, you have to end. You it. You have to end it. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I'm a PVP fan. So yeah, they're big. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and web based, uh, much like uh, yeah. you're you're going as well. You're doing the printing, but. I always see your stuff, so you're sharing it on Facebook. Yeah. Is is that going to be the way you disseminate the strip on a daily basis or are, or weekly? Uh, or are you going to just go with collections? So to me, my I look at Lucas and what he did when he had Star Wars, and he just said, he just basically opened the universe up and said, make your stuff, the extended universe. Do whatever you want to do with it, and it just gets publicity that way, right? Everybody gets a to see it so for me i'm like whatever gets people to read it i don't care if you read it on the webtoons.com which has a i put it on oh um, okay webtoons i'm, I'm a webtoons guy yeah so. webtoons i've got the chrome pistachio first uh thing uh chapter on it um i don't care if you read it on my instagram or my facebook or wherever uh to me i want you to become a fan and i think the best way is just to have it and then from all like a funnel you get all the people you can to read it and then it disseminates into people that want the books or i don't know about merchandising i think that's going to be a ways down the road but you know i think that you can get patron patreon backers that way or kickstart backers but to me i just want people to see it i want people to enjoy it i i was a terrible host i did not offer you uh, oh, some yeah. water Let me so grab some grab some water i want to give you a chance to catch your breath no and remind everybody Third annual Gila Valley Comic Con is March 27th and 28th at Eastern Arizona College. It'll feature feature all the fun you've grown to love, including artists and sketches such as Brant, live action role playing, vendors and collectibles, and of course cosplay and the popular <coughs> costume contest. Sign up today for the costume contest at GilaValleyComicCon.com. The contest is free with your paid admission. 
And if you want to book a cosplay photo shoot, go to Stock Photo Fantasy on Facebook. That's Stock Photo Fantasy. They will be there for the first time this year. Um, <clears throat> if you're a cosplayer, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're a cosplayer, photos are a big deal. It's, sure. uh, have you been to Phoenix or, or Tucson? Yeah, Comic-Con? I've been. It's funny. I, I was in Las Vegas at the perfect time last year to go to Phoenix, and I've been to Tucson once, but I've been to Phoenix like three or four times. Yeah. I really like them. They're fun. And now, I grew up in, in conventions. Chicago Comic-Con was, was mine because mm-hmm. that's where I grew up. Sure, it's huge. Um, yeah, and at the time, there were only two. It was Chicago and San Diego when, when I was a kid. Uh, and by kid, I mean like 14, 15. You know? We yeah. had to take the bus to go there. Um, and it was all about comic books. Yeah. It was just about comics or comic strips or, you know, cause you could get old, uh, Hal Foster strips, you know, mm-hmm. get the original art for Prince Valiant, which I wish I'd bought. Yeah. Now they're all worth something. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. But who, you know, when you're 14, you don't have, you know, $60 for, for sure. a page. Now that I'm almost 60, I don't have $3,000 for a page. Um, but today conventions are everything. And and cosplay is a big part of it, and and you know getting those photos is mm-hmm. is important to cosplayers. They put in a lot of work on their costumes. I love the artistic value that comes from that, especially when they have the props. I mean, you really see. Well, it doesn't matter if they bought it from so- someone who makes them or they made them themselves. I just like seeing the what they can do. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, you'll see people in full transformer outfits, and you're just like, how long did it take you to get that? To oh, I've seen them crazy. transform. Yeah, where they transform into a truck, into yeah. a robot, and there's a human inside. The it's amount weird. of work that goes into that is crazy, but that's but that's just fun, and I love the amount of art that's at Comic Con. That's that's what I go like. I just will literally just walk up and down Artist Alley and all the exhibits or the exhibition hall. That's what I go for, and then I'll kind of peek through the rest. But for me, that's what I go for, and I love it. I, I'm going to show you my office. That's where my art Sweet. is. Um, I'm the same way. To me, it's yep. all about artists now. It's not so mm-hmm. much about the books because I've had you know 50 years of reading comics. It's meeting the artists, talking to the artists, finding out about their process, and mm-hmm. and seeing them create. Have you heard of the Oatmeal before? The comic, the Oatmeal. Mm-mm, that's new. Okay, so to me. The, he's or have you heard of Exploding Kittens? That's, yes. Okay, so he's the creator of that with another guy. Um, the Oatmeal, between the Oatmeal and the Exploding Comics, he's gotten so big. Um, Nathan Inman, I believe, is his name. He's going to make a Comic-Con type in Portland, I believe, somewhere in the Northwest. And it's going to have strictly board games and comic artists. And it's, he's going to try to fill a convention center with that. And I, if, I, if I can, I eventually, my goal is to be in that one day. And he's even said that for the first year, the artists don't have to pay anything if, if they prove to have a good product or a good comic, which I love because it's getting to the point where I love Phoenix Comic Con, but the price for a table is through the roof. I mean, you really have to have a good product with a good margin of uh, profit margin to make it worth your time. Uh, honestly, we didn't even go to Phoenix Comic Con this year. Uh, admission has gotten out of hand. Hi. Um, and, and we go every year, I go to promote Gila Valley Comic Con, but, um, yeah, it's, it's getting harder and harder. And from what I'm hearing from, from artists and from vendors is they're liking the smaller conventions out of the way Yeah, because a, it's one-on-one time with people who are there Mm -hmm. and, and B, they actually do generate sales. El Paso is our vendor's favorite convention. Mm, okay. um, they say the El Paso convention, they do the, their best business all year. Well, and how are you supposed to compete when you have, like, you know, 
Frodo or Sam from Lord of the Rings, and you've got all the sci-fi ones, all the CW stars that show up. I mean, come on, it's I, it's hard to compete, and especially since those costs, they're not free to take pictures. So no, I, we we get that request a lot. I I, I really want to go back to you, but yeah, no <laughs> problem. No, I love Comic Con. I love talking about it. Um, we get that request a lot. Why don't you have any stars? Yeah, um, Cochise, Cochise College, their their convention C four. Uh, they usually bring in two or three voice actors or performers. Yep. Um, well, they have a budget because it's through the college. Yes. The college budgets for that. We don't. I mean, we mm-hmm. we put it on ourselves. Our goal is to break even. Yeah. You know, which, which is, is so nice. Yeah, which is why our vendor tables are so cheap and our admission is so cheap. Which, as an artist, is highly very um, very thankful for that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, so as long as we break even, we're good. Um, but. We can't afford those stars, and mm-hmm. I, and I I don't want it because to me, although they're artists as well, yeah. actors are and voice actors especially are artists. Mm-hmm. As you say, I want to focus on the people who are creating right here. Well, so whether can... whether it's you know art like you create or art like a cosplayer creates mm-hmm. or art like a jewelry maker right, yeah. uh, creates, the st- the steampunk stuff's great. Yeah, uh, it's so fun. I I think we're going to go to Wild West Con this year. That's, that's a, I'm sure it's so much fun. That's a tough one because that one's expensive too. Is it? Yeah, it's like sixty okay. bucks a day. Whew, yeah, yeah, that's that's about what they're costing right now. Yeah. yeah. So, but we think we're gonna we're gonna give it a try. So, yeah. um, I wanted to go back mm-hmm. to something you had brought up, Kickstarter. Okay. So, so you self funded this or crowdfunded, I should say rather. Yeah. Um, Nature Walk. For anybody who's never done crowdfunding. Okay. What was your thought going into it? Was it scary? Was it daunting? Or was it, you know, I, I got nothing to lose. Let's take a shot. There is nothing to lose. Um, I'm going to go on the more positive angle for that, just so if anyone's on the fence about it, that they'll feel, you know, um, encouragement. There's nothing to lose. Everything is free until you're funded, right? So even if you bomb, if you, and, and for half the month, I thought I was going to bomb, too, uh, because I, I needed it, when it came down to it, I funded with a couple hundred extra bucks my goal. And it was high because I had to, not only in Kickstarter, you have to fund the book and it's printing, but you also have to include the shipping. So that's part of your goal. So your goal is much higher than you think because shipping is so expensive these days. Um, so with with that said... Sorry, I just blanked. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, I've got a friend who's who's actually, the, I think they, no, they just started a new Kickstarter, but their previous one, yeah. um, I remember them them talking, and, and fingers crossed they'll be at the convention as well, Af- mm-hmm. Alfred Trujillo and Karen Nicole. Um, for like a month, month and a half, it was, oh, we're shipping books. Oh, we're yeah. packing books. Oh, okay, I know where I was at. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so... The biggest thing is it's y- your number is going to be higher than you think it is because the shipping is going to add probably 35% to what you think you need to do. So when it all said and done, the first day or two is where you get, you're supposed to get the majority of your backers. And I only got 30. And in the end, I needed about 95 to get to where I was, was backers. And and that's with a base amount. You you factored yes. it on a base amount. Mm-hmm. Okay, because so, you did you do tiers? I I, I did you. I did do tiers. Yes, yeah. I did tiers. Um, and what saved me was there were some higher tiers where I would make a comic with somebody's pet or them or a loved one in it, and that was at the hundred dollar level. And I had that filled up twice. I did five, and then I put it back in there and five more. So that kind of helped fund the product. That, that was a big boost. But 
Um, again, I didn't get enough of the, for those initial days. And it's very, that's, that's the nerve wracking part is when you think, oh, I'm not going to fund. But it doesn't matter until you do fund because you're not responsible for anything. Kickstarter's free until you fund, right? Then they get a piece of it, right? And it's all or nothing. You don't get part of it. You get all of it or none of it if you hit your goal. So do you factor in? I, and I'm asking these yeah, questions. Go, go, no, in, th- yeah. This, this is going to sound weird. Um, a person I've been trying to get at our convention mm-hmm. for a number of years, um, he's a filmmaker. Okay. Uh, actually, he does um, special effects makeup. Cool. Hey, oh, I'm telling you, you got to see a studio. It's in Tucson. Do you have a name or are you? Oh, well, okay, I, yeah, no, that's fine. Because he fine. hasn't committed yet, so yeah, I don't no want to. But um, so I talked to him about this year's convention. He's like, wow, you know, I'm really in the middle of trying to fundraise for a project I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, have you crowdfunded? And he goes, what's that? And I said, oh, mm-hmm. you have to listen to this podcast. Yeah. Because we're going to talk crowdfunding. So, um, so did you factor in a salary for you in, in that? Because you talked about publication, you know, getting it printed and and getting it shipped, but that's your time as well, and your time's valuable. Yes, and and to me, I think I was more interested, this is personally, I was more interested in getting a large amount of books. I mean, to do 500 books is, let's say, it was 2,500 or something like that. I I can't remember. Right, just a a rough number. To get 1,000, so double the books, was only $500 more. So I was like, all right, let's do that. Let's get that. And yeah, I won't get as much money, but I'll have this these books that I own that they're free. You know, that's the thing about Kickstarter is even if as long as you've priced everything out and you know that your your costs are covered, when you're done, you don't owe anything. You anything left, I have a I have lots of books left. I own them. So now it's my job to sell them, right? Um so that's where your profit comes in is on the back end? I made a small amount of profit, and I'm okay with that because it was my first one, and I my goal was just to fund and be able to say, okay, yeah, I did it. I but now on the sales, you'll make. Yes. Now on the sales, there's all profit. Yes, you know, 100%. It is yours, full ownership. Yep. It's not like traditional fundraising where if I give you $10,000 to publish your book, I have X percentage of that book. Yeah, exactly. So if you can sell this for animation or... Uh, whether it's web-based or, or traditional network, mm-hmm. that's your ownership to sell, yep. you know, to, to license out. Yep, that's mine. So, and, yeah, that was the coolest part. Is is So, for me, yeah, I just want to get underneath, and... I, I've, I'm, my wife is, is a creator as well. She does furniture, not, not art like this, but she does furniture. And we just recently talked about crowdfunding and whether or not it's something that's usable for her. We don't see it, but that doesn't mean it's not a possibility in the future. Mm-hmm. It seems like crowdfunding is almost the way to go. I want to say, didn't well, um, Kevin Smith actually go toward a, a, a yeah. crowdfunding? Was it called Hit Girl or something? Yeah, some, some yeah. kind of platform that mm-hmm. um, yes, that's did. getting him his movies produced. And yes. he's he's a major filmmaker for 20 years, 30 years. Because he'd rather have an audience that wants it rather than a studio, you know, take a chance or change it on him. That's the thing is if when you do Kickstarter, it's your way. So you get to prove yourself one way or the other, which is the cool part. I mean, when you, the real reason I self-produce this, besides seeing other artists do it and go, okay, I want to try it, right? The big thing is, is if I wanted to go to um, Andrew McNeil, I think is the one who owns most of the gocomics.com and they own like 
you know, all the big ones, uh, Calvin Hobbes, Farside, all, they're the ones who print all those. Not only to get into that is extremely hard because everybody's, you know, submitting their work, but also even if they picked, if a publisher picked up in their nature, right, then you get on a schedule for two years down the line, maybe, and if they don't change their mind in, during that two years, you know, they could pull the plug at any moment on that project, and they do that all the time for publishing graphic novels, comics, whatever, any kind of literature that happens. Right, the production schedule is set so yeah. far out because... When, this, when it yeah. funded, six months later, I'm shipping it out, right? And I honestly, if I... I could bet you I could do it in half time now, having done it, going, okay, if I had my trigger, my thumb on the trigger for the printer, the minute that I got the money from Kickstarter, I could send it, have it back, and shipped in half the time. You know, having done it now and knowing what the process is. So... That was the other thing. I don't know if this book would exist otherwise. I don't think it would. I think that I would have been frustrated with how long it takes to get a submission in, and then them saying, "Okay, yeah, two na- two years from now, how many more comics have I made in that time?" You know. So, to me, I like the the schedule. You can be on your own schedule and be much faster. You can try stuff out, like this new comic I'm doing, Chrome Pistachio. I'm gonna try it out, see if it hit, see if it lands. If it does, great. I'm already working on a graphic novel on it, so I've got. One comic done, one kind of... Uh, arc? Yeah, one small arc that I did for Inktober, if you've heard of that. Okay, yes. Yeah, so I did I did that, but I, I even colored it, and that'll be the one that shows up at Gila Valley Comic Con. I'm getting the proofs for it this weekend. I wish I could have had it today, but I'll have it this weekend. And then, um, and then I will... I'm doing another small arc that will happen this spring, and then I will have hopefully finished up the graphic novel that I'm writing for it and start releasing that the rest of 2020. Sure. So, um, but the cool part is, let's say it bombs. Again, I won't have lost any money or any time with a publisher because I could just pull the plug and start something new. Or if it takes off, I can ramp it up as much as I want. It, I don't know if you've ever heard of Bone. You ever heard of the Oh, comic? sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, I was going to say J. Scott Campbell, but that's not Jeff it. Jeff Smith. It, Jeff Smith, thank you. Yeah, Bone's great. Um but he did his in the 90s all by himself without Kickstarter, which is amazing. Um, but now Scholastic's picked it up and he's colored it, right? So if later a publisher wants to jump in and make it huge, great. If not, I just my goal is to make it to where I make a living and I don't have to pay anybody else because it's me, right? So that's what's, that's what's cool. And I have plenty of people that I trust their opinion on. That's kind of the other thing about Kickstarter is you might have a good idea, but you still need to have like an editor, or somebody who can come in and go, this joke could be better this way, or you can write it better this way. That's that's another big thing. If you're going to go solo, make sure you have a good, Stephen King calls them alpha groups and beta groups. So you you give it to the first set of people, and then they kick it back, and they tell you this is what's could be better, what they liked, what they didn't like. And then once you refine it, you send it to the second group, and they send it back. So I'm a big believer in that as well. That's that's a tough one for a lot of artists. Um, Don't make it your family. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> make it somebody else. Uh, but but it's also hard to hear that real criticism. And I I don't mm-hmm. mean oh this stinks, but criticism. Hey, you know you're you're this joke didn't land. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, oh, I get that all the time from the person I have edited and my wife. She'll look at it and go, Mm-mm. and so you think, okay, either I'm not nailing the punchline here, or I just for whatever reason didn't see the force of the trees on this joke right but uh 
I really think that's where the good stuff... I mean, there's been several times that I've had someone go say, this actually sounds like you're trying to say something you don't want to say. And, and then realizing how people could take a joke and then just scrapping it for whatever reason, right? And I'm so grateful for those editors that I have, you know? And they don't have to have be full-time. It was when I was making these comics, and even the new one I'm doing now, but when I was doing In Their Nature, it's just two minutes, right? I, I send over a Facebook message or email, then they hit me back and say... What about this punchline? What if he said it this way? Or, mm, last panel doesn't work. Try that again. You know, give me something else. It's almost there, right? All those are great things, but you do have to have thick skin because you're getting criticism daily. Daily, you're getting told. But that's where the good is, man. That's, that's where you... That's why publishing has worked so long because doing it by yourself is hard without somebody to tell you. You always need that outside eye. Every artist needs it. When I painted, I had to have somebody come in and look at it and tell me what they saw, you know? Yeah. I, you know, although I will say, and I've always said this, sometimes the jokes are just for me. Yeah. Sometimes the joke is just for me and I'm going to let it stay. Yeah. So, but yeah, but you're right. When you're selling, eh, sometimes the joke can't be for you. There are a few comics I made that have never aired that are just for me and that are in my collection. Maybe someday they'll surface, but for now they're just for me. Yeah. Yeah. I want to thank Brant Woods. Uh, you can see his work. You can purchase Nature Walk at Gila Valley Comic Con. Uh, we're going to do something special for today. So Brant brought in uh, a print uh, of Crow and Pistachio uh, that we're going to give away to somebody. So here's how we're going to do it. We're going to ask you to share this podcast uh, once it goes up, and I think I'm going to load it next Tuesday. Cool. Um, so once it goes up, we'll put it on Facebook. Uh, we want you to share it as much as you can. Every time you share it, it's an entry. And then we'll do a drawing, and uh, you will get it. It is a beautiful piece. I will also put a photo of the piece up so you can see. Well, yeah, no, do I, it. I don't care. Okay, because yeah, I don't want do people it. to download it. You know, I want them to. No, download it. I, okay. I mean, I put it on my, this same piece. I went ahead and put on my Instagram and my Patreon okay. for people to put as their wallpaper on their phones so. all right so there you go yeah. so thank you brand we really appreciate you being here i can't wait to see you at gila valley comic-con march 27 28th on the thatcher arizona campus of eastern arizona college get more information at gila valley comic-con.com that's gila valley comic-con.com gila valley comic-con.com can you tell i've also written radio commercials hit that hit that web address three times for The Courier, I'm David Bell saying thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you later.